0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: But when you start to scale a real business, and when I certainly, as I got into acquiring my second hotel, and now I've got a portfolio of hotels, now you're talking about, okay, I left my job a few years ago. And the reason was I didn't like the people, the life lifestyles and, and what I saw, the people that were ahead of me in my last last previous career. So I left because I wanted freedom as an entrepreneur, but The problem is you can't have that attitude to build an organization and you have to have discipline and you have to be the model for everyone else in your organization to build a culture, to build a team, to build a brand for your business.
0: You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, Nathan, I've seen you guys have announced and launched the smoke detection for cigarette smoke, but why cigarette smoke? What's the difference?
1: Yeah, we call it our cigarette detection feature because it is actually a a pretty smart feature, meaning we use machine learning with how the feature actually detects things. So if someone's in your rental and they've burnt a piece of toast or, or done something that could be similar, we're smart enough to detect that it's not cigarette smoke. So therefore,
0: we're only going to alert you about the things that you care about and for the things that you don't, we won't. All right, you heard it here first. Another minute with minute and now back to the episode. All right, guys, we are back. And man, this episode, I I think I've been saying this too often, so maybe I take too long to get people on the show, but Kevin Reardon, the man that I've been wanting to get on the pod since we met in the early Clubhouse days. How are you man, doing, my It's friend? been
1: it's been two and a half years, I guess. It's been a couple of years since we came out of COVID. Those were some interesting, interesting days two, three years ago in the hospitality industry. But man, it's so good to be here. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course. And if Julie George is listening, she might be calling you the clubhouse bachelor, as I know that was Julie
1: George. (laughs) Oh my goodness. She is so wonderful. We had great days back when we were in lockdown and we all connected around the world via clubhouse and did STR rooms, hotel rooms, hospitality rooms, entrepreneurship rooms. That was really, that was a really cool time. That's how I met so many people in this industry around the country and have had great relationships with folks in the industry since
0: then. Dude, it was such a great year or great time when we had five hours a day to just spend on these audio room calls or whatever we want to call them. But man, it it was where all of us connected. We got to chat and pretty much apply all of our learnings through pre-COVID, during COVID together. And that's how I got to know you. And you immediately piqued my interest. As all my listeners know, I was a hotel guy before a short-term rental guy. I got some experience Marriott then into private brands and independent boutique properties but hearing you talk about it going from the short-term rental side to then the hotel side got me really excited and i know it's a big part of your story but i would love to know before we jump into all of this stuff where does everything begin for kevin reardon
1: yeah, well, it's it, it's awesome to be here and to be able to tell my story and and for all of your listeners to be able to share what I've gone through over the last couple of decades and in, in my journey cuz everyone's journey is so different. And to get to the point where I am right now, I had no idea 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago that I would be here now and it's funny one of my mentors was telling me reminding me about Steve Jobs talk Connect the Dots, which you can look up on YouTube if you haven't seen it and how cool it is to go back and see like the little decision and inflection points along the way, how you ended up in a different place than you probably thought you were going, how things can change so quickly. And, and, and that's one of the things that I, the lessons that I've learned over the years is, is things can change literally instantaneously in a moment and you can make it happen. Outside circumstances can make it happen. And that's been a lot of the last 20 years of my life has been, Going through different seasons of my life and different stages of my life in real estate and hospitality and really learning. And I'll tell you, you know, I'll cut to the very end of it the last couple of years, which is everything accelerates at a dramatic speed. Once you've learned the lessons, you've built the character traits, you've find, you've found mentors, built the skills. And then you know what this is like, Will, like everything accelerates as soon as you as soon as you finally Understand what entrepreneurship is all about because a lot of times we get into entrepreneurship, we get into business, and we think we know what we're getting into, but you really don't know. And you come to learn when you learn from really, really good people that it's way more scientific than you think. It's a grind in the beginning, but there's a way to do this and a way to do it right and a way to build a team and build systems. And those are things that I had to learn. And so being here on this podcast now and sharing this story is really exciting to me because I truly the only thing I want to get out of this is to pay this forward to folks that are getting into the industry, people that are thinking about pivoting in their careers, going in new directions right now. Man, there's so much to learn by people that are just a little bit ahead of you and to be able to take that information and then go apply it is so so useful because I tell folks when I started in the SDR world 18 years ago, when I started in hotel world 6 years ago, I didn't have mentors. I didn't know what that was like. I came, let's go back. I came from a blue collar background, you know, growing up in South Jersey. And I didn't know wealthy people. I didn't know real estate. I didn't know hotels, you know, didn't do fancy travel or anything like that. But when I was an undergrad, it was 2005. It was the peak of the previous real estate cycle that many of you probably remember. And at that point, my father and I went into our first real estate venture. And we invested into short-term rental properties out at the beach in the Jersey shore in New Jersey. That was 2005. We would go on to have seven single family homes that we would, gorgeous homes that we would rent and do the whole short-term rental game. And this is, believe it or not, before Airbnb was ever Airbnb. And it was really interesting to see this industry evolve for the last 18 years because when we started, The big thing for me and why we were crushing it in 2006, 2007 when we first started was because we were on Google, we had a website, and we were running Google AdWords and things like that. And that was like the lay of the land. Just at that time, the OTAs were just starting to take over in the industry, which is now crazy to think about because there's such a big presence, but this was way back in the beginning of the early internet days. And so that was my start 2005. That was a side hustle for me. Short-term rentals, seven properties, side hustle for 18 years, 2005, all the way till 2019. And we've just managed those properties, 15, 18 years. And eventually I would decide to go to law school, become a lawyer and go work on Wall Street. And the reason I did that was because I was told that that's how you make money. Like All I knew was you go to Wall Street, that's where wealthy people are, and that's where you make it. And so I went to the University of Pennsylvania. I worked my butt off for years to get into law school, to go through law school, to pass the bar in New York, to pass the bar in New Jersey. And I make it all the way to Wall Street and I work my butt off with the smartest people in one of the coolest spaces. We were handling the recovery of the Great Recession in 2009. We were doing cutting edge work of bringing backs into mortgage back programs, commercial mortgage backed securities, residential mortgage backed securities. We were doing cutting edge stuff working with FDIC, SEC, Treasury, worked with the smartest people. But three years into that, I realized that. Everything that that had been cracked out, that crack, had been made out to be for my whole life, and what I had it made out to be in my mind, turns out that like that is that is a career for some, but you find a lot of lawyers leave practice because it's not necessarily what you think it is. And what you learn at that point, what I learned at that point, is that my money had becoming my life had become trading time for money. It's very simple. Every hour I worked is is how I made a living and there's nothing wrong with that and especially in the beginning but if you want to become truly wealthy you have to find a way to bring in active income and passive income and the active income if it's tied to your time there's no way to leverage that now in the in the in the lawyer world we talk about leverage through we would talk about leverage through using associates of which I was one so I was a, p- a point of leverage for a partner at a firm but it turns out that lawyers are actually terrible managers And so to leverage people when you don't know how to manage people, it becomes very troublesome within law firms. And I experienced this firsthand and the culture becomes pretty toxic. And then everyone resorts to, I'm not going to say everyone, many of my colleagues might have dabbled in candy. Many of my colleagues might have had some serious home issues, relationship issues, and I'm not judging anyone because we all have our stories and we all get to where we are. But the point is, is that at that point, I had an inflection point. And one of these points, one of the dots that I had to connect looking back now is I had to make that one of the hardest decisions was, do I give up a six-year season of my life where I became an attorney? And do I pivot into taking STRs and then hotels full-time? And so that was a decision that I had to make, but only I could make that decision. Man, is that a hard decision to make, right? But sometimes in life, things become so painful that you can literally no longer bear doing them any longer. And sometimes that's what it takes to make a change in your life. And that's where I found myself. And that, that would come to repeat again just a year ago, and we'll get to that when we get to current. But... Sometimes things become painful, and that's what the impetus to change is. And for me, I was like, okay, I've done short term rentals since 2005. I've I, I know this industry. Airbnb is now a thing; it's becoming big. And I had an opportunity. I had a, a foot in the door. Was it with a hospitality firm? Was it doing going into an existing hotel? No, I had the opportunity to acquire the crappiest motel that you've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating. It is the crappiest motel that you had ever seen. And, but, what I loved about it is that it was a block off the beach and the boardwalk. Great location. And it, was full apartments. So like when we talk about STR world, that's where I was coming from, having done that for a long time. I was like, oh, these are like full apartments. That's valuable. People are really gonna want that stuff. People want kitchens, people want grills, people want washers and dryers. And so I saw that as a big opportunity. I talk about now when I'm looking at underwriting new deals, I'm always looking for an X factor in a deal. And so for me, that very first deal, the X factor in that deal, was a couple of things. One, it was the fact that it had full size apartments, separate bedrooms, kitchens, washers, dryers, etc. Two, it was a distressed seller, off market, and a terrible property. So you're going to buy it for a big discount. And that was before motels became the thing. Because I don't know if you're aware, but motels are like a becoming a pretty big thing right now in real estate, which is exciting. And I was. You know, I think that I was on the forefront of that five years, five, six years ago, investing in motels, but man, it's a crappy property. So I was able to get into my first property, not without a lot of time. I'm talking, it took, you know, some people are like, I'm thinking about leaving my job and they expect something to like come to a, 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 have some idea and, and just shift and pivot within like a week or a month or whatever. I it took me over a year, a year for the first deal. So like we talk about like, sometimes you have to be fast. Sometimes you have to be slow and you don't really understand that when you first start the, the, the push and pull of on one hand, as an entrepreneur, you need to work really fast and you need to move really fast. You need to stay ahead. But on the other hand, you need to be super patient. And when I first started for the few years, I, man, I did not understand that other than the fact that I was really patient to get that first deal. And I knew it was a good deal. And that's what got me into the door. And that's what started my journey from short-term rentals into hotels six years ago. We bought that five years ago, bought that deal. I had $50,000 to my name. Why? Because we made a lot of money on Wall Street, but everyone just spent it all because your lifestyle just keeps up with your salary. And that's the reality of like a lot of my friends' situations is yeah you might make a 200k 3 400k salary but man the lifestyle the rich and the famous in new york city it's going out it's blowing 10 grand at the club it's you know getting the 10 grand a month penthouse apartment and it's just keeping up with everyone else until everyone realizes that like what what have i done for the last 5 10 15 years and then people are, have this Realization, wow, maybe I like need to do more with my life, and that's what I saw, right? Like when I made that pivot, I looked at my mentors, I looked at the people ahead of me above me, and realized that they didn't have the things that I, that I wanted. And what was it that I wanted? Well, it's what a lot of people listening to this right now wanted, which is freedom. I didn't want to be tied to my desk 18 hours a day. But here's the problem is when you have that freedom and you go into starting your own business. The problem is that you want freedom. You don't want people telling you what to do. You, want to, you just want to be able to do whatever you want. That's our inclination as an entrepreneur when you start. But then you realize that when you then start to have to build an organization, that's the exact wrong. That's the exact opposite of what you need and what your organization needs. So for a while, I just wanted to be like Tim Ferriss and work four hours a day. And I think there's an illusion maybe sometimes in this industry, people getting into it right now, or maybe they just bought their first deal. There's maybe an illusion that you only have to work an hour a week in this business. Okay, if you have a couple Airbnbs, you might be able to outsource to third-party contractors. You might be able to hire some people, VAs, things like that. And it's not too bad. It's pretty manageable. But when you start to scale a real business, and when I certainly... As I got into acquiring my second hotel, and now I've got a portfolio of hotels. Now you're talking about, okay, I left my job a few years ago. And the reason was I didn't like the people, the life, lifestyles, and, and what I saw, the people that were ahead of me in my last, last previous career. So I left because I wanted freedom as an entrepreneur. But the problem is you can't have that attitude to build an organization And you have to have discipline and you have to be the model for everyone else in your organization to build a culture, to build a team, to build a brand for your business. And so these are like the shifts, right? The shifts from 2005, the shift to then go to law school and go work on Wall Street, then the shift to getting into hotels. And along the way, you look back and I've looked back certainly And connected those dots and seen, okay, like what were the fundamental shifts that I had to make in my mindset, in my beliefs? And when you understand that, this is what I said at the beginning, when you understand all of this, you have context, you have contrast, you have experience, and now you have skills. And now you can put that all together and then you can accelerate, but it takes patience. You can accelerate with speed, but it takes patience to get there. And so we're in a great position. We have an amazing team right now. We have two hotels that we're operating, a bunch that we're underwriting right now. And and we're starting to work with third-party clients right now to help them start their hotels and start their way into hospitality and help them accomplish their dreams the way that we've produced for our employees and our partners the last several years. But to get there, it's, it's taken a shift along the way, certainly personally and then as a team.
0: Man, there's so much to unpack. So let's, let's go back a little bit in the beginning. You know, there's two themes through what you just said, them really catching on, especially in correlation to your story and the the phrase or term mentor has been mentioned a lot. And then of course the environment you've been around, whether it was yeah. prior to going into law school and being on wall street or being in wall street and and going through law school and seeing what you, you saw a lot of your, your colleagues, you know, The way they're living the lifestyles the decisions the the lack of joy things like that and so for you i would love to you know one of the things we've had on this podcast as part of a discussion i'm a big fan of mentors i'm a big fan like a lot of people in the industry that have taken me and plenty of other people under their wing but one of my favorite conversations and i would love your perspective on and see how this has impacted with you is the environment piece and learning with colleagues or in our case now other entrepreneurs in the space whether they're operators themselves or they're just vendors or some kind of correlation short-term rentals hospitality you know i've learned so much from mentors but i also learned so much with people around me that are at the same stage that we're all just figuring the shit out together and trying to trying to really push through that ceiling how how have you looked at that as the environment of being in? With other people that are a very similar stage as you,
1: yeah. Well, look, I think for a lot of us, the first thing that you want to do is you want to compare yourself. That's where a lot that that is the that is where your mind lands a lot of the time. Mine did straight up. Like you want to say, oh, how many doors does that guy have? You know, how many how many employees does that guy? You know, what cities are they expanding into? Right. That, that was like the rat race of like 2019, 2020, especially with all the, you know, all the extended stay and the master leasing and all that happening and all of the, all of the venture capital. I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. There's so much venture capital. 2019, 2018, 2019, 2020 was like venture capital was just like reigning everywhere in the industry and, and around tech everywhere. Right. And, let's just talk about the discipline of having to be comfortable with just bootstrapping and just scrapping every day with the cash flow that I could produce and not going out and raising because I had, I had some people that, you know, that I sat down with various people in the industry. They're like, Oh, venture capital is huge right now. You should just go, go present to this person. And, and you could raise a million dollars. You could raise $5 million, $10 million. Right. So like, so there's one thing where it's like you get pushed and pulled in all these directions as an entrepreneur, and certainly in the last several years, and that's probably drying up now. But but pre COVID, it was huge, and everyone was going out and raising, and so that was like where you, yeah, I had my first like gut check, where I was like, do I really just want to go raise a bunch of like venture capital, and then I'm just, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but I'm one of a hundred in their portfolio. Or do I just want to like stick with, what I believe in it's going to take longer, but we're going to do things the right way and do things the way that we want to do it. And so like, that's, that's one thing that you have to like comparison when you're comparing yourself to other people. I see a lot of, I saw a lot of people doing that. And on the other hand, I was like, okay, that's not true to like what I want to do, what my vision is. So I'm going to stick it out. going to make it through COVID with a hotel. I'm going to still service our guests at a high level. I'm still going to take care of our employees and we're going to keep the, keep the building afloat through COVID and then we're going to accelerate out of it. And, you know, that's hard. The comparison piece, like people, you know, you can go on social media, you can go and scroll TikTok. You can scroll Instagram and there's way more influencers in our Quote unquote space right now than there was probably even a few years ago because everyone wants to show how easy it is to go open an Airbnb and go master lease and, and, you know, be financially free. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, but it becomes, uh, it becomes just a lot of noise. And if you find yourself just comparing yourself to other people, if you find yourself just just relying on that then you end up consuming you end going into a death scroll and you don't end up actually doing anything for yourself and that's like one big piece of advice i have for folks that are like just starting is yeah you want to be educated you want to find mentors and we'll talk about mentors in a second but at, at some point you need to just go do something like i'll tell you when i started my hotel i told you it took over a year and when I requir- when I acquired that property, when it, first of all, when I left my job, I did not have the property signed, so I didn't know if I was going to get that deal or not. If I was just going to be unemployed, but there was a point where I was like, the 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 benefit and what I want to do outweighs the amount of risk that there is, and I'm just going to go for it, and I'm going all in. And to get that deal done, I had to do a couple things. One, I had to buy out a, a guy that thought he had a claim to the property. He had no claim. He had no written management agreement. But I had to. I wanted to start clean, and so I had to take care. Of, take the trash out, if you will. Right. That was one roadblock. Two. The seller was in bad health. He was a distressed seller. He lived all the way down in the, in the the mountains of Virginia, seven hours away from where I live. The only way I could get that deal done is to find a lawyer that is local to him down there, and I drove seven hours into the middle of nowhere, Virginia, to get the deal signed. And three. I didn't have money. So I had to get on the phone with the seller, get on the phone with the lawyer, hire my own lawyer, start spending the money that I did have on legal fees to put together a deal where I got 100% seller financing. So it was creativity, but... It was like no one told me how to do any of this i just had to know that my back was against the wall and i needed to get something done so i wasn't comparing myself to anyone on social media there wasn't that many influencers at the time in 2018 on social media doing this anyway that was probably to my benefit and 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 so i just i just said here's where i am here's my situation here's a seller situation i just got to go make something happen i just and i'll do anything that i have to and it took over a year and so that's just like going into action and just 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 starting just starting in some in some way i mentioned that i didn't have any mentors and i just figured it out myself which is on one hand it's one of the greatest blessings that i've had of the last 6 years because i've gotten to well, not only did I learn short-term rentals from the ground up. I mean, I literally I did everything from acquisition to cl- housekeeping on Saturdays between turnovers to managing the other third-party housekeepers that we have in other properties. To I, I what did some maintenance calls. I mean, I, I did it all. You know, it's that's what you did. And so I learned everything and how to take care of people and how to give people a good experience and and just learn and learned my market what the market dynamics were. And then fast forward to getting a hotel. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't go to Cornell Hotel School. All I did was manage short-term rentals for for a while. And the cool thing is, is that if you want to create something novel, something that no one else has done before, then I was like, my, my greatest weakness is also my greatest strength. So I have no idea what a hotel should be or how they're managed or whatever they're teaching over at Cornell Hospitality School. And it's not a knock on them. I'm sure they're great people. But like, all I did was I took my feelings as a person and my travels and my notes that I had taken, pictures I had taken for the previous couple of years, and I just conceived what I thought a hotel should be and how technology should be integrated, how people should be taken care of, how operations should be run, when we would have people on site, when we would have people third-party, how we would hire people like that was just that was just through sheer grind day to day and i didn't have mentors and so one of the biggest blessings now five years later is like now there are people and i think it's so cool there's people like you and and lots of other folks in the industry that are giving all this information away a lot of times it's free you don't you don't have to pay for a mastermind pay for anything you can get this information which is incredible because this is such a fulfilling industry that people should get into and i know i've said it's hard and like there's all these things but at the same time the reason that we're in the hospitality is because it provides meaningful work and it provides meaning to our lives and if you're the person that that feels good when you take care of people when someone writes your five-star review when someone gets engaged on your property gets married on your property has big life events on your property man that feels good that's so cool that's so cool you can't do that on wall street like and we get, we get the opportunity to do that. And so people should get into the industry. But the cool thing now is that we're able to give this information. And I think it's great that that information is being shared on TikTok and on podcasts and on, on YouTube and on Instagram. That's all with that caveat of don't compare yourself and don't let it take you to where you just consume and you don't actually just go do stuff and try stuff. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're going to do it is by just trying. But if you can get mentors man, I, now that I look back, I didn't have mentors until the last year. By the way, that's when like life really accelerated for me the last year because of things that happen. And it's the last year that I went out and I got mentors and it changed my life and it changed my business. We're doing fine. hundred percent. We're doing, we're doing well. We're doing more than fine. But the point that things really changed is in the last year when I went and found mentors whether it be in hotel space or be in other areas of my life, I hired a whole list of people because I realized that the person that's going to hold back the business, what's holding back the business is is the founder of the business. It's you can't blame other people. You can't blame your competition. you, You can't blame anyone but yourself. And what I did in the last year is take accountability and realize that, man, I did all of this just, just like scratching and clawing my way without knowing what I was doing but what could I how could I accelerate and what could I do if I had people guiding me along the way and it's been completely transformational and in every facet of my life right so uh, from hiring people and, and and going to listen to speak from from business scaling to hiring a business coach to hiring a personal trainer to hiring a, a doctor in out of 10x labs in Florida to to Do my blood work and to do all the things we're doing with them and on our health. I mean, I I think I I think I had seven, six, seven people that I've been working with in the last year from all facets of my life. And and now I've seen how that can accelerate you. And so if you're someone who's who's consuming content in the hotel space right now, that's awesome. And use it and reach out to those people and go to those events because the knowledge that you'll get if you're serious about about scaling and really getting into the hotel business or the or scaling through the str business it is fulfilling and there is so much you can do but find people to accelerate your vision and to take you along with them it is not one not only is it does it just help accelerate you but two it's fun like it's fun catching up with you joking around about julie george who I've still yet to meet in person, but I will, I'm going to make it my mission in the next year. I hope she's listening and all the other folks, right. That we hotel folks that I still talk to from clubhouse folks from SCR world, such cool people. And I'm, and, and every little bit of success that everyone's had in the last two years, because people have been crushing it. I, you know, I just, when I tap in every once in a while and check on, What's up, you know, people are doing such cool things, people getting into hotels, people selling hotels, doing all kinds of cool stuff, and man, I'm happy for them when I, when other people win, I get juiced up like I'm like, let's go. I want other people to win. That was the pivot that I made this year in my business like I want to win, but it what I want to do doesn't matter when you're when you're scaling multiple hotels and you need a whole staff it it doesn't matter what I want what I'm here to do is get my people what they want. I'm here to help them achieve their goals and their dreams and come along with me. I'm just here to set the vision and coach. Like that's what I do. And, and when other people do that with their teams and, and their hotels and their STRs, that is so cool. And I'm, I'm here to like support that. And, you know, I don't know if people have got beef in this industry with one another or compare themselves or whatever. I'm sure they do, but but you know what it's life is too short and we got to support one another and we got to help each other lift each other up because we're all going there's there's plenty of plenty of people in this world limited amount of time in this world and at the end of the day we're all just trying to do something meaningful for for society and for for people make memories make makes have experiences like that's the cool part
0: all right slick talkers now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast I would love to introduce you to Ventory and Safely. About Ventory, we've had Brooke Flots on the podcast, who is a founder, multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data, and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers, just like you, scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes into your rental program that drive the bottom line for all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory. You can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called from zero to 500 properties in five years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Ventory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at safely.com safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected and this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt you are able to make a claim through safely and within three business days you can get Instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the Dynamic Sponsor Duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. Yeah. Well, comparison is definitely the theme of joy. And I, I know I get caught up in it being in the content world. I'm always consuming content to make sure I'm like, hey, how do I produce better content? But then it gets to the point where you definitely have that oh man I'm not like that why is, my video doesn't look like this or whatever and you know coming to something you were saying it, it brings up a quote that I feel like just truly resonates with everything you just said and it's to get where you want to go you have to do things you've never done so you can't be yeah. you can't keep doing the yeah. same thing and I love that you talked about taking action because I think That's the biggest thing I've noticed in my business and in in my journey and other friends around that start their own thing is I've seen a lot of people do great R&D. They they know how to research and develop and kind of like figure out things for the plan, but there's never action. There's never like taking the trigger and pulling it. So with you, when you took action, let's talk about this last year. Yeah. You went through some pretty serious, yeah, health stuff, you know. And you know,
1: we, uh, yeah, you, like I said, I've been trying to get have this talk and do this with you for two and a half years. Things were great. Things were great back uh, two years ago. Two years ago, I acquired my second hotel, and 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 we crushed it right off the beginning, which was which was awesome. I told some of the story last week. We did that hotel, that motel. It was a motel that we acquired. We did the. The revenue that that motel generated in a year, we generated in one week, which is like pretty cool. We think we're we think we're world class at, at how we market and, and utilize social media and, and a bunch of different tools and build our brand. And we've had success with that. But so while on the surface level, like things are great, right? And the hotel was cool and all that kind of stuff. I know we wanted to talk about two, two years ago and I, was, I think it was at one point I was scheduled for some other people's podcasts and basically I just had to put that all to the side. And and a year ago, I got to a point where I really, another inflection point, right? another point where I'll look back and I'll see that as a, as a major turning point in my life because at this point, brand was going well, multiple hotels, things were going well, but, but I was really deficient in taking care of myself. And I always had the grind, grind attitude, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't have mentors. And so I, you know, I was kind of flying blind and flying solo at this point. And my health had really taken a a, a bad turn. And, you know, I still have no explanation for what it was, uh, you know, whether I'm not going to say the C-19 word, but I suspect it had something to do with it. And I was at a point about a year ago where I could barely get out of bed, where I could, you know, barely, I could barely function. I just pounding headaches every day, man, it sucked. It like really sucked. I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I could hardly do anything, maybe get a couple hours of work done, it sucked. And because of that, like, you know, my team was suffering and, you know, that has an impact as a leader. If I'm not showing up, then my team's not showing up we had, you know, turnover in our staff and stuff, stuff that I didn't, I didn't love. And it got to a point where. The pain again, this goes back now to what I said about when I left my law career sometimes sometimes pain and intolerable pain is what forces you into action and and now, going forward, like I know what this feels like and what this looks like, and now i i know I know how to pivot much sooner and see when when i what I need to do or who I need to talk to but at the point where i was i was i was just down and and there's a lot of excuses around me like you know when you listen to people that haven't gone where you want to go right people that have never scaled a business maybe they owned one small business and stuff these are the people that are can make it really difficult for you as an entrepreneur because they're they're around you in your community in your family and they've never gotten to where you want to go and so they're going to speak into you or try to speak into you things that they that they believe that that you shouldn't believe in that uh aren't true. And so they'll say things like, you know, it's a terrible it's a terrible hiring market. You can't hire good people. You can't hire have you heard that before? Well you can't hire good people. Yeah. That's a big one.
0: As I've hired three great employees this yeah, last two yeah. years, so you can't hire there's
1: Amazing. not enough out there. They don't want to work. No one wants to work anymore. Right? Those are the kinds of things that you hear from small business owners and 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 people that maybe they had some modicum of success maybe they you know they made a million dollars or whatever but like those kind of that's just one example of the kind of beliefs and mindsets that are so toxic and you don't even know that you're being affected by it until you are able to step out to the other side and look back and be like oh my god and when people try to speak those kinds of things into me now I either leave the conversation or I explain to them very politely why it's not true. And it goes one or two ways. They either, you know, say F you or, you know, they're like, okay, we'll see. And then I know it's going to work out because I know that I've got good information and good mentors and we're on a good path. But you know, the point that I was, the point that I found myself in, whereas the pain was so good. So the pain was so strong physically within me, I mean, that I needed to, say I knew that the only way forward for me to get to where I want to go, because I have a big vision for this company, is that I had to take immediate massive action. And that whatever people were speaking into me and the people that I had in my life prior to that, whoever they were, whatever they're doing, it was not working. And so I needed to immediately shut all of that out and shut those people down and and go find mentors, find resources, and go through a massive personal transformation, which is what I've done last year. I mean, it is f- fundamental to scaling a business, going through a personal growth mindset and a massive transformation when you most need it. When you reach bottom, man, when you are in a spot where you can't like fathom getting up and like doing what you have to do that day, that, that is the point that is most powerful, that you have an opportunity in your life to say, enough is enough. I, like I don't give a shit anymore. I am going to I am going to change. And I don't know what I have to do or who I have to talk to, but I'm going to do something. Like we talked about a little bit ago, just take action and do something. Put yourself in a new environment. Put yourself around new people. And and that's a that's exactly that's exactly what what I did because I had to. And and man, the tra- the amount of transformation that you can the create not not only in a week or a month but a now into coming up on a year for me is is unbelievable and when you transform as a leader of your organization that cascades down to your people and your people get fired up and you're, then you then all of a sudden like our team right now we have 20 of the best freaking employees that i would put them up against any hotel any four seasons like they are the best they are awesome And that, like that, didn't happen by accident. That was because the last year we were so intentional about taking our business to the next level and bringing the best people on, and training them, and treating them well, paying them the most, and winning with them. Like we all win together every week, and it's awesome. And it just feeds itself, you know. But it all starts with me. My one of my mentors says it's it's me leadership first. You have first, first it's your mindset, it's your skills and it's your leadership ability. That's first. And then you can move into managing others and building an organization we leadership and then finally when you scale to a level that we're not level that we're not at yet us leadership of where it's just the organization has a has an identity of its own beyond its founder. But it was taking massive action a year ago that that transformed everything and I and I met people and I that's just an example from from my health but it was so critical for me because it was i was i was was down so bad and 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 we just went through all the protocols wim hof breathing you know the ice baths like all the things and and now i sit here with you six nine months later and it's like i'm like a completely different person like and and like everyone can feel that my team can feel that and and it all feeds off off of each other and as entrepreneur you need to be hyper focused there's one thing and one thing that matters and that is accelerating your moving your business forward constantly and bringing people with you and treating people well and putting in systems but if you've got people in your in your life that are speaking in things into you that again it comes from a place of it, it comes from a good place but it's misguided and so the point in which you as an STR entrepreneur, a hotel entrepreneur, the point at which you can recognize and have the experience and the context and the contrast and bring in mentors and people that speak the things that you want into your life. That's the moment that you, it becomes so much easier to transform and to accelerate within the business and to build everything that you want to achieve the freedom that I left my job for, right? But it's a different kind of freedom. I work all the time now but it's cuz it's cuz I love what I do and I love helping people. I love I love working with our employees. I love all the guests that leave us amazing reviews and and share their most intimate life moments with us. And working with other now other cuz people have reached out to me over the past year with their hotels, you know, looking for guidance, advice, mentorship and I'm like, "Hell yeah. I didn't have that. I'll I'll do that for you in 10 seconds." Like I'll, I'll help you avoid a million roadblocks that I came over. And by the way, like, let's talk about, let's talk about mindset. Let's talk about your personal life. And what does that look like? And like, where do you actually want to be? And what, what, where do you want to get to? Because we got to work on that first. So I know you asked me about my mentors. You asked me about like comparison and things like that. That was a long answer, but like, I can't stress it enough. Like, I just want people to hear that message because Know that you're not alone, and like the feelings that you're having, and the and the and the adversities that you're facing, it can get really lonely as an entrepreneur in the space. Even when you have thousands of people that rely on you for their stays and for for their employment, things like that, sometimes you get really lonely. But but I hope that folks can relate to this story. And if someone is struggling right now, like you are going through personal things like me it's your health or you feel that your business is not at a place that you want it or you're just getting started or you're unhappy in your previous career and you're thinking about getting into the industry right now just know that you can do it and that if you're willing to have this growth mindset if you're willing to go seek out information from others find resources you you can have what you want and i wish that i had that i wish that i had done that sooner. But I didn't. But because I didn't do that, it was also a blessing because I got to learn these things from a point of pain and, like, all the way down to, like, literal physical pain. And because I got to go through that, I feel like my pain can become assistance and help to others to avoid that. And if I can help one person avoid that, and accelerate and kill it like all of our buddies in the ASTAR industry from that we've gotten to know the last few years. If I can help one person do that, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, big thing you, you were saying, you know, not living your life off of other people's expectations. And I'm just like, you. Yeah, I love my family. I was supposed to be a pastor, though. That was that was yeah. what's spoken into me. I'm not supposed to be here. So I get that. And that was definitely a big thing. But you can thing. reach so many more people now. Right. Like they, they, well, they yeah. You like be a there's... pastor,
1: right. And, 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 and to, and to deliver a sermon at your church. And and maybe that's a few hundred people. But like, look how many people you reach yeah. now. Like, you took a different path than you are, but you, now you reach thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people through what you're doing. And you're yeah. delivering to them, you're delivering to them information that's going to help them financially, that's going to help them personally, it's going to help them professionally. And so the impact that you're having is exponential compared to maybe what you would have had as a pastor. And so you understood that because you had that vision for yourself.
0: The lack of being able to understand, I think the hardest part, especially what you probably saw, especially when your mom was like, Hey, what, what law firm are you going to go to now? It's more of, okay, I'm going down this route. I'm finding fulfillment and joy out of this yet you had always expected me to go get fulfillment, and joy out of this other thing. And I think when you come to that realization first, it's always harder, right? To communicate that. And so this is going to tie in perfectly for my last question for you. We do this with every guest, the guest before you will leave a question for you without knowing who you are. And so your, your guest before you is Avery Carl, Uh, the amazing amazing. one and only Avery Carl out there and So she said, if you could go back to 20 year old, you, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Yeah, I'm sure we covered a lot of it already, but I'm sure there's one, there's going to be one specific. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so relevant because I mean, just, just for what I was just saying, if I could go back to when I was 20 years old, I would, I would seek out people that were doing what I thought I wanted to do or what I was already doing, I would seek out people that were well above me. So, you know, going back to when I was 20, I would, at that point in my life, I was, I I really didn't have, I was just making decisions in a vacuum and just based on my own experiences and not with, not with the input of people where I wanted to go. And so I was like studying for law school, right? and to go to that career but i never spoke to i didn't speak to people in that career so i probably didn't even fully know what i was getting myself into and and just like looking back like why did i get into it well because that's i thought that's just what you did like i thought that was just a path and certainly that's you know the the path that my parents pushed me to and wanted me on but they would have supported whatever i did but they, they saw that as the path i saw that as a path and so i was just content with that i mean you can have a mentor who is your mentor and but you've never spoken to them you can read their books study their biography watch their youtube videos and like you can understand everything that they did and like their perspective and it can be incredibly helpful but you'll never meet them i mean One of my greatest mentors, well, this comes, I just read one of my favorite books is Three Feet from Gold, Sharon Lecter. And it gives the story from Napoleon Hill who wrote Think and Grow Rich and talks about his famous story about going to a gold mine. And there's, do you know this story? Are you familiar with it? Have you read Napoleon Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So, so good. And so many good lessons. Especially where I am in my in, in my journey right now, so many good lessons. But that was stuff that I mean I didn't know anything about, like picking up a Napoleon Hill book or a Sharon Lecter book when I was 20 years old. So Napoleon Hill and Sharon Lecter recounts this in 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 her book Three Free from Gold. She talks about the story where they go out to a gold a father and son go out to a gold mine in the gold rush and they have immediate success and they they mine a million about a million dollars. A good amount of of gold, and and they're like, wow, we struck it, and and so they keep digging, and they're digging, and they're digging, and they're coming up empty-handed after that first after that first success during the gold rush, and so they finally get to a point where they give up, and there's there's just a man, a uh, maintenance man or something, just runs like a junker or something like that, and he buys the the story is is that they sell the The field where they found the gold to him for like nothing because the gold they thought had dried up but this man is was very wise and before he even went to dig for the gold he had hired experts and he hired an engineer and someone who was like an expert in golding in gold digging and what he discovered is that they had been digging all of this time to find gold and they were simply digging in the wrong direction. And if they had gone like one yard in a perpendicular direction that there was an entire fault full of millions of dollars of gold. And, and so that's the engineer told him, look, like the fault line for the gold is, is the other way. And so he went and, and there it was, the millions of dollars of gold. And the, the lesson for me, a takeaway from that is, one, you, sometimes you just need to be persistent and go back to the beginning of the conversation, like having patience, like wanting wanting to move fast. And in that story, like they had immediate success, which is awesome. But then they didn't know any better and they just kind of petered out at the end and and gave up. But had they had a mentor like the man that they sold the gold to, had they gotten expert advice they would have realized they were actually on to they were they were still on to something they just didn't have the they just didn't have the knowledge and the guidance the other man didn't have it either but he was willing out at at the forefront he just went and got it and so he accelerated fast so when i was 20 years old i didn't have the knowledge i didn't have i didn't hire the 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 engineer the expert or the mentor i just had my own lived experience and that was it. So if I could go back in time, I would take what I know now and, and bringing in, in other people that have gone to where you want to go and are more knowledgeable and just listen to them and and soak in as much of that as, as possible.
0: Now, if you had one question for the next guest without knowing who they are, what they do, their experience, what would that question be for them?
1: What's one book that changed your life?
0: I like it. Awesome. And Kevin, I know we have so much more that we could cover, but we're unfortunately running out of time and I think we just need to have you come back on for part 2. Obviously. 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 We didn't even get we didn't even get into the fun into. hotel stuff. I know. I exactly. But hey, the podcast thats the whole point, unscripted conversations where we can just go where it flows and and let that be be where it goes. So, thank you so much for tuning in and for being on the show today. You're your insight, the lessons, and part of your story, just going into all the things you've learned with comparison and mentorship and all the other stuff is just invaluable to all of our listeners. So I really appreciate you taking the time today to kind of share a little bit of your story and being a little bit vulnerable around that and how it's all impacted you to where you are today. So it's been been—it's been really great.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, I really appreciate it. And if anyone's anyone wants to reach out, has any questions, wants to learn more about anything I was talking about, you can just go to my Instagram at Kevin Reardon. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll link it and and just feel free to DM me there, and uh, that's where I'll get back to you.
0: I love it. I was gonna say you took my famous question. If you had one link to send <laughs> everybody, where would you go? And now all the listeners, all the listeners know Kevin Reardon on Instagram. I'll make sure to have his at and tag right there in the show notes, and that's where I actually reached out to him. And said hey get on the podcast and so it works out really great everybody just know that thank you so much kevin for taking the time today and i really really appreciate you my friend and for all of our slick talkers out there make sure you like and subscribe to all things kevin reardon and of course we'll see you guys again next week thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making slick talk the hospitality podcast possible We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on SlickTalkThePodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.